And welcome back, everybody, to the Carbide Podcast presented by Woody's Traction. Appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. This is the Valcor and Bowden Snowcross Review. Join us on the line to break down all the action from Southside Polaris, Bruce Almighty Media. He's burning the midnight VES right now. Bruce Gasparti Jr. What's happening, Bruce? How's it going, Spence? I'm better than you. I know that for a fact because very controversial. We're going to get into this. We were supposed to record this yesterday, and then Bruce was nowhere to be found at our agreed-upon time. So, Bruce, tell us a little bit about what happened. (laughs) Oh, um, uh, drove drove back from from Bo. Started driving back from Bowden at like 10 a.m. on Sunday. Got back to Ida's house, which was seven hours in. At like 5.30, grabbed some dinner with my dad who flew over for the race and her fam. Then continued on our trek because my dad had to be at the airport to fly out. Got down to the the hotel airport at like 2.30 in the morning while we were binging Valcor live stream in the Super Bowl. Uh, I slept till like late the next morning per se. Didn't get back to the house until like 11 at, or 7 at night. Had some dinner, started working on our notes, and then about I don't know half an hour before our scheduled call, I, I, I ran out of fuel. <laughs> I ran out of Sunoco Rays fuel and passed out on the couch till like two thirty in the morning, and then woke up and was like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> so yeah, you can everybody can send their hate mail to me in uh, in Sunborn, Sweden, um, for why this is a this is a day late. It's okay. It's okay. Hope this this should still be out when everybody's driving to Salamanca. So that's that's our saving grace. But it was it was pretty funny. I texted Bruce a bunch of times. I called him. I told my <laughs> wife, I was like, I bet he's asleep. Guarantee you, the guy's asleep. Oh and man! Lo and behold, he yeah. was. Yeah, I, I I I tried real hard, but it was it was a long weekend between finally getting on a race sled for the first time since Ironwood, taking pictures, broadcasting, and then trying to help Ida and keep an eye on stuff in between everything. And the fact that it was like, I don't know, negative, I think Saturday or Saturday evening, it was like negative 22, negative 23 Fahrenheit. It was brisk. It was brisk. But yeah, so no, I, and then just all the hours in the, in the truck, I was just spent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, I I need, um, I need another person is what I need or like, (laughs) two or three something but i mean i gotta give a shout out to albert Breit since you know he did help me with the broadcasting the live stream on friday night mm-hmm. so i didn't have to do it all myself so that was a huge help you, you know we talked about this a little bit earlier you know you, your colleague was up there announcing he did a great job you were kind of okay but there was an east coast legend doing the Bowden broadcast while you were racing. Like just the guy was iconic. I'm not sure who he was, if he has the same name as you at all, but the guy was awesome. Yeah. We share the first middle and last name, but the suffix is different. Mm, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. You should have, I was supposed to have Harry co-host with me both nights. And then they made the decision at the, at the last minute to have him co-host the finish live stream because we were doing Swedish, Finnish, and English all simultaneously in three different rooms up there. And um, so then I was scouring the pitch trying to find a co-host. And most of my 
most of my friends and the people I kind of talk to are racing pro women's pro light pro open or wrenching for one of those people. Mm-hmm. So it eliminated like 98% of my roster options. So I, I run to Stenberg's camp because his girl used to race and her English is good. I'm like, Hey, did you come with you this weekend? And he's like, no, I la- <laughs> she stayed home. I'm like, Oh my God. Ugh, the one time you could help me out and you leave her home. Like, come on. <laughs> so then, um, I was like, Oh, well, I'll go talk to, I'll go see if Oliver will do it. I'll try to convince him to do it because we shared a trailer all most of last season with the evil hall racing. And I go in and I'm like, Hey, how do you feel about live streaming this week tonight with me? And he's him and Han. And finally he's like, ah, well, if you give me a shout out, I'll do it. I'm like sold. <laughs> so yeah. And, but then Saturday he headed home after his, his junior races were done. So then I was stuck solo. again. <laughs> and then, you know, my, my dad said he would do the, the morning show while I was racing. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I got, we got to find you a co-host. Like this is your first time doing it. The names, especially the finished ones are extremely difficult. I, I butcher them 99.4% of the time. Uh, you need somebody to, somebody to talk to you. So I, I find uh, Goose's dad and I'm like, Hey, do you think Goose would do the live stream with my dad? He's like, yeah, I think so. So Gustav comes to the trailer and he's like, Hey, is my dad in here? I'm like, no. He's like, Oh, okay. I'm like, are you coming back? He's like, I think so. I turned to my dad. I'm like, Oh, goose doesn't know what he's in for. His dad just (laughs) called him back to the trailer and then he's going to spring it on. (laughs) And sure enough, that's what it was, but no, him and my dad, we, I had it going in the trailer while I was working on stuff and in between my races. And I thought they did a pretty good job for, neither of them having, having really ever done it before. You know, my dad does a lot of the videos with, um, Jesse James 322, but it's, it's different than the live streaming. Oh yeah. So, Big time. But they both seem to do pretty good and enjoyed it. And then, yeah, but then I was stuck by myself Saturday night after Oliver went home. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was a busy, busy, busy weekend. That's for sure. Busy weekend. No doubt. No doubt. Well, stateside, we had uh, Valcor, big, big weekend, always has been. We've mentioned it a handful of times on this show, but Valcor is always a good event, always has a good track, always a good turnout. And uh, in, a, in a year where there's no snow to be found anywhere, seemingly, the Valcor track did not look that different from what it normally looks like. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. You know, it was, yeah. They, it seemed like they had a fair amount of snow for the fact that <laughs> most of the northern northern part of our country does not have anything right now. So, no, it was, you know, hot take, though. You know, it would have been nice to have maybe a camera on the other side of the track. You know, every time they, they'd make the left-hander into the split lanes, it's like you'd lose them for, for a couple of seconds and then they reappear. Like we couldn't, we couldn't throw some the tower over there maybe or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I noticed that as well. And there was, there was quite a bit of action there, especially like it the, was like the first split lane was meh, but then that corner right after it, right before the long rhythm, there was a mm-hmm. ton of difference there between timing coming out of the corner, but you'd never yeah. see it until they yeah, were yeah, in we the see any of it. Yeah. It was kind of, it was definitely frustrating. That's for sure. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. 
Um, so yeah, it was a, a pro only show, at least on the national scene for this weekend, but I did want to touch on the sport guys. Cause there's a couple guys that made the, the trek out all the way out there. So, uh, Dominic Hegman took the, the sport class win, uh, for the final on Saturday, Kellen Chaperin got P2 and then, uh, Jacob Bejan, local SCM guy, uh, got third, but, um, Dylan LaBelle was there as well. Again, it was a regional sport class, but it was still really cool to see those guys out there racing. And cause that's a, that's a long ass drive. So anytime anybody's willing to make the trek out to race Valcor, I think uh, it's worthy of a shout out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're not riding a yellow sled, then it's especially impressive. You know, speaking of people making the trek out, not on a yellow sled, did you see the story of Janice Brown driving with her sled in a pickup truck? I think she's from Crandon, I think. Drove all the way out to Valcor by herself just with her sled in the truck to race pro women. That's dedication. Unreal. That's dedication. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, couldn't all the trailers heading west, you couldn't find somebody to hitch a ride with? Or, I mean, she just wanted some alone time just to just to crank the tunes and be with yeah, her own I, thoughts. But either way, that's that's impressive. So oh, it's yeah. got to be – from Minnesota, that's got to be what? 25 hours-ish? Probably something like that. Something like that. Yeah, it's uh, – it's pretty, I mean, I wouldn't have done it. I, I've done that. I did the drive, like the classic Midwest drive from Southern New Hampshire to Minneapolis one time. It took me three days because I was not driving straight through. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. I'll fly. I'll, 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 I'll get a U-Haul and send somebody else. I'm never doing that drive again. So, uh, yeah, really impressive for, uh, for Janice Brown. Mad props for that. Absolutely. So, speaking of pro women... We'll roll right into that for uh, for Saturday. So uh, as far as the final goes, it was really kind of uh, it was kind of just what we I hate to say what we know to expect the, the usual the usual suspects for the most part. Um, I know Hauger ended up having a bit of a, a bit of an off shit, a rough start in the final. But Malin Katu, Tasha Lang and then Naley LaBelle P3 in the final. And I think in my mind, you know, going through some of the heat races as well, I think Naley's She's on the verge of being that third place rider. She needs a couple things to go right, but I think she's like right there where she could be a consistent third place rider, no problem. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, we we had talked about it early in the season, either after might have been after Canterbury of as far as wondering what rider or riders in that like four through tenth was gonna kind of break break themselves away from that pack and separate themselves. And LaBelle is definitely a candidate and has been kind of doing that mm-hmm. this last bit, you know, luck hasn't always been on her side, but definitely seems to have made her own little like um, pedestal in between the, the top three we consistently know and that five through 10, she's kind of cemented herself kind of in, in between right now in like purgatory. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I totally agree, and but I mean, a, a LaBelle on a po- on the podium in Quebec is kind of like, you know, eating poutine at that race. It's just, it's just it's like automatic. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, they uh, they always ran strong there for for years, and you know, another one in the, the pro women class. So we, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but like Nayli LaBelle, I think is like that next tier up. 
and then like Sarissa Blessum's right there. I think Ava McCurdy's right there. Like there's a there's a handful of girls right now that are like, you know, in the in the final standings. Like just you look at like a box score, you know that top three. You know usually who it's going to be. But right off the start, like usually for the first lap, it's a total toss up. Like I not I Hauger always has a great start. She's always there, but Ava McCurdy's really good off the start. Sarissa Blessum's running like top three every single race, seemingly for the first two or three laps. Like a lot of these girls are, they're right there and they're ready to pounce if any of those top three ladies have an issue. Like they're right, right. there. I think it was also impressive there that, um, <clears throat> that um, I'm going to butcher this name too, and it's not even finished. The Frederick parent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming in fifth there on Friday night, you know, I'm assuming just an SEM regular mm-hmm. hops in and, and comes away with a P5. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I I was really interested to see just kind of because I'm I don't follow SEM as much as maybe I probably should, but I don't know how their their pro women class compares because we you know this is like a, a high level discussion, but with this weekend coming in, so uh, SEM it was a regional quote-unquote regional race for SCM. It was still points for a lot of those guys, just not pro, pro light. Um, and <laughs> talked about this a little bit with some other guys, but CSRA had a race this weekend. Seems like a big miss. That would have been so sick if CSRA was off this weekend, the amount of people that would have shown up to Valcor. But Yeah, it's so, kind of lame. Yeah. Hot, hot, hot take, that's kind of lame. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I was, uh, I was really curious what, what the SCM turnout was going to be in Valcor and if it would shake things up and it really didn't, but I think, you know, you saw a little bit in the pro women class, what those, uh, what those riders are capable of in the Quebec circuit. Yeah. I mean, it was always fun all the years that I went up there and did it and we always had the triple crown that weekend. So you had ECS, SCM and CSRA there and it was points for all three of us all Mm -hmm. weekend. So it was, it was in, you know, every class, you know, sport, pro light, pro women's pro open. It was intense because you're all there vying for the same points. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of a bummer that CSRA threw a race on the on the same weekend. Yeah, I don't know if you saw in the the plus 30 class, but Max Tyfi was in there. I JS, did. Oh, I, I saw him running pro light, too. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he was in there, but like in in plus thirty, he, he was in he was in there. JS Coat was in there, and Kevin Kelly was in there. So that's like a that's an SCM Pro Open race like eight years ago. <laughs> race exactly, in, race in yeah. plus thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, good stuff from pro women. Like we said, uh, usual suspects on the podium at least for uh, for Saturday. But again, there's a lot. There's a I think there's a lot brewing in like that four through six area. So I'm kind of intrigued to watch how that develops the rest of the season. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pro light on Saturday. Um, re- like a lot going on. Just again, we have, we have four, we have four heat races in pro light, like, which is unreal. It's, it makes for a lot of, uh, a lot of parody and a lot of top level guys in the, uh, in the LCQ. But uh, as far as the final goes, Creighton Dillon, uh, pretty much again, just doing what Creighton Dillon does. Adam Ashline though was there, like he had his moment. He was there, 
Um, I still think he's he's a front runner for that that consistent P two guy. And then uh, Jeremy Bellew, really, I feel like he's been quiet most of the season so far. You know, obviously he was he was hurt last year with his one three motorsports debut, so we never really got to see it. Right. But I was really impressed with him on Saturday, and he's really coming to his own and showing the speed. So I think that's really cool to see. No, yeah, it, um, I mean that I we talked about it a bunch there. That pro light class. I mean, Dylan is on a on a tier of his own, but that two through twelve is just anybody's game. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, it was cool to see him on the box. It's always nice to see New England native Ashline on the box. Uh, Kenny Mandrick P four Shield P five. Yeah, no, it was a it was a real fun race to watch. Uh, LCQ on Saturday for Pro Light, so they were on the line, and like the the lights were up, they were on the line, and then they magically just pulled them off. And the explanation they gave on the broadcast was they wanted to have a longer time frame, and I think it was Pro Women. I think that's the class they were talking about, but they wanted to have a longer time frame between them. However whatever class they replaced with the ProLite LCQ, ProLite just ran right after it anyway. So I don't, I, I'm not an ops guy. I don't know everything, but I, I'm still kind of confused about how that worked. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems to, I mean, it seems to smell a little fishy to me. <laughs> um, you know, we've had over the years, we've had a few different <clears throat> issues. I guess you could call them up there <laughs> playing a little, little hometown favorite favoritism one mm. one could say mm. um so yeah it uh, you know i had heard the story i had heard that it was there was somebody who because there was only nine sleds on the line and i don't know they wanted to wait for that 10th guy whoever that 10th guy was and so they pull him off and run sport instead and then stick him back on the line but yeah i don't uh I don't know if we'll ever fully know what happened, but yeah, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense at all because that, you know, we look at all the years of ISOC racing. That's not really something that happens. You don't pull a class off the line and throw somebody else on there and then, and then run them right after (laughs) with an extra sled that wasn't there. (laughs) Yeah. doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I remember uh, it was like, it was, it was probably like my best, sport season i mean i had a lot of sport seasons but it was like my best sport season i think it was like 2014 i think and we go up there and me and cody paola we were having a really good season together in sport and i had won the sport final friday and then i i was top qualifier saturday and I saw I was all the way inside, you know, right on the right on the flag or the light guy. And I'm there, I'm shaking my I'm looking at my gauge, not even looking at him, shaking my head, no, no, no. And he hits the button, sends everybody. I get to the corner 14th. And I managed to pass my way all the way up to the lead and, and passed for the lead on the last lap and still won the final. <laughs> and then the next day we're sitting, we're in clean out sport classes 
and they say, nope, we're going to take a break. We're going to run ovals. You know, you can go back to your trailers. We don't even get, we get back to the trailer. We only have our helmets off yet. And somebody has runs into the trailer and says, they changed their mind. You guys are on the line. And we've got to rush back up there. And we, you know, we missed our gate pick because we were late getting back up there. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. And then, you know, scoring issues where people that who shouldn't have been in an LCQ or a final end up in the LCQ or the final. Yeah, just, you know, not being a French person up there, there was a lot of language barrier and a lot of just different, you know, we, we raced up there, I don't know, four or five times. And just every year, it just always seemed to be something, just something mm -hmm. happened, whether it was sport, pro-light, pro-open, pro-women's, it was always just something that was just like, this doesn't make any sense. Or, or how did this happen? And nobody you're also a, uh, you're also a Polaris team that might have something to do with it. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't want, you never want to say it, but you know, it's like, <laughs> it was, you know, I always felt the unofficial, the unofficial tier was if you were a ski, a French Canadian ski ride, a ski rider, you were like, bam, you were like, mm -hmm. could do no wrong. If you were a see if you were like a like a Western Canadian guy or an American on a ski do, you were like second tier. Mm -hmm. And then third tier was French Canadian players or Arctic Cat. And then fourth tier was just everybody else. Yep. And I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, this this whole <laughs> thing of pulling a pro light LCQ off the line when they're literally warming the pipes to throw another class out. Yeah. It just doesn't Fishy. the math, you know, maybe it's the metric system or something, but the math doesn't jive for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, we'll, uh, we'll let the listeners uh, dig further into that if they wish, but uh, definitely an intrigue. Even if we don't have uh, Bruce's hot take on this, it still was very strange to see. So um, yeah, I, I would not, I don't envy those guys that were on the line getting prepped and you know sleds were already up to temp they probably put enough fuel in there to run the race all this stuff and then you just pull them from the line that's it's a little iffy but yeah yeah okay moving into uh moving into the pro class for saturday a couple highlights highlights a couple headlines i would say coming in um obviously we lost uh Ishul to deadwood so uh, we are one rider short, at least on the main count, but Theo Poirier jumped up from SCM to race in the pro class this weekend, which was pretty interesting to see. He qualified P4 on Saturday, which was pretty sick, pretty interesting. I don't think we've seen him in ISOC for two years or so. I know he was with Woody's, and then was he with Krejcik, I think. I know it was a cat team um, his last year there in pro light, so really interesting to see him uh come out didn't really make like a huge splash in the class but still interesting to see how he would stack up so yeah i mean he it wasn't like he you know it wasn't like he 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 shouldn't have been out there you know he mm -hmm. he had good pace mm -hmm. so that was that was you know that's you know we've talked about it before that you know well, we only have 14 15 guys in that class and how high that bar is to be able to run in that class so for him to made the decision to do it and not look bad yeah 
Yeah, he wasn't just out there turning like he wasn't just out there riding around like yeah, he was, yeah, not just burning gas. Speed. Yeah, he had the speed, no doubt. Especially jumping, I mean, jumping into that class out of nowhere, that's a tall, that's a that's a tough task for anybody. But yeah, I mean, he definitely had the speed. You give him a couple more rounds, he's probably in there. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how many, I don't know how many races he's already had this year for SCM. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. all these guys, they've got basically a half season under their belt. Yep. So that, you know, that makes a big difference at that, at that level, at any level, but especially at that level. Mm-hmm. So uh, at least the first, cause again, we're running triple crowns again. Uh, I know it's just cause we're light on rider count. So it's another triple crown for Valcor in the first round. It really was for the first couple laps. It was, it was a Judnick show. I mean, Cody and, and Emil got out to a really good start. They were kind of battling back and forth a little bit. And then, what's going to be a big topic for this race was that that back rhythm section because that was really just what seemingly separated everybody was who was able to get a clean rhythm back there and who was just like some guys were were truly like trying to rhythm it or and double through some guys were just pounding the tops and that i mean that ended up being a at least this was kind of the first time we saw it but that was a that was a big separator the whole weekend yeah for sure yeah, it was it was fun to see how creative the different guys were trying to get through that section and just how technical it was to try to you know, go their pace and get through there. Mm-hmm. It was it was definitely the the separator on the track. Yep. For sure. For sure. So uh in that first one, you see Jordan LaBelle starting to pick up some speed. Uh, he ends up passing uh, Cody Cam. So the, the final lease for the first round was was Har, LaBelle, Cam, and that kind of set the stage for, in my mind, who were going to be some of the some of the top guys for that we- the weekend as a whole, I think. So um, going into the, the second round, again, Har gets a great start. Peltier's right there as well, but <laughs> very interesting to see as well. Team LaValle up there. So Riley Bester and, and Adam Peterson right up there, right off the start. Um, they had some issues. They ended up both dropping back a little bit, but at least for that round, it was a pretty solid showing for for Team LaValle. Yeah, for them to go 3-4 there was really cool, and it's nice to see Peterson, you know, finally getting finding a rhythm and Bester now starting to look comfortable in that class. You know, they've... You know, they're obviously both two really good guys, good riders. So it's it's nice to see them them feeling better and finding finding some comfort and some speed. It was it was great to see for Levi and that whole team. Yeah, and it really just shows like how crucial the start is in this class. Like in pro light, guys move up and down. Sport guys move up and down. In pro, if you're at like all these guys are fast. If you get out to a good start. Most of these guys can hold it unless you're like an elite level talent that you can pass up through these guys like like an Elias or like an Imohar. But for a lot of these guys, if they get the start, they can ride up there. It's not a problem. It's just when they don't get the start. Yeah, no, it's, you know, when you when you look at the lap charts and things like that, you know, you know, Yerk was basically the only guy that made a, you know, gained more than four spots. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was just basically one or two spots. Um, I think actually, uh, you know, yeah, everybody's basically one or two spots for the most part. It was Yurk was the only one who came from like 13th on the first lap. 
made his way all the way up to fifth. And then with a couple to go, he had either ended. Oh, he ended up. Well, off the sled in the corner there. And then lost like four spots. Mm. But yeah, no, it is. It's super hard. If you're not out in that top five, it's, it's very hard to catch up to that top five during Mm -hmm. the race. So moving into the uh, the third round, Francis Peltier, I mean, he was riding good all weekend, but he gets a, a really good start. Har's up there, P2. Bester had another really good start, so he he was up there riding uh, with that group for a while before it gets passed by Cody Cam. But uh, one of the things I noticed, and I, I didn't, I should have asked some guys, but that, t- that table time, table time, tabletop uh, <laughs> finish line, Table time, big table time. No, tabletop was really, really big. Classic Valcor. In that, in that third round, like halfway through, guys were just not jumping it anymore. Like I didn't know if it got to the point. I know it was kind of sketchy. Like the landing was really, really short. But I don't know if it got to a point where it was just faster to basically scrub it and then rip right off the top rather than trying to jump it. But it was just something I, I noticed that half those guys were just not jumping that table by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one thing I picked up on was Theo Poirier finishing sixth in that third one. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool, and yeah, that's that's impressive when you can when you can slot yourself into the midfield solidly into the midfield and be oh, sure. you know a second out of a top five finish. That was that was really cool for him. And, but yeah. and also nice for Peltier to see him kind of you know obviously Deadwood was traumatic for many reasons for him between obviously himself getting dinged and then obviously being the one who landed on Elias. So to see him bounce back and, and be looking like himself out there was really, really, really good to see. Yeah, that was really good. Um, super talented guy and just a, just a tough, just a tough situation to, to be in for a guy just mentally as well. So it was good to see him rebound overall in the pro class on Friday night. So Emil Har, Francis Pelletier, and Cody Cam round out the the podium that weekend or for uh, for that first night. So, I mean, Cam, I wouldn't say Cam was a little bit of a surprise. I'm just not like with his injury. It's it's kind of hit or miss with him right now. He's got the speed, obviously. But I just I don't know what I expect from him yet. Like I expect Har to be up there every weekend. I expect Peltier to be up there every weekend. Cam's kind of like a he's kind of like a, a Ken Roxon right now, where if he finishes like fifth, I'm not surprised. And if he wins, I'm not surprised. Like I don't know where to I don't know where to put him right now. Cause he's got all the talent in the world. I just know he's fighting an injury and I don't know how serious it is, you know? So Right. I mean, it was nice to see Norum finished fourth overall mm-hmm. uh, and then Bester fifth fifth. Yep. And Peterson so, sixth. So yeah. solid, solid weekend for those guys. Yeah. I mean, team, you know, team Polaris five out of the top six. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's a, I think that's a first this year. Especially, uh, especially in that, in that neck of the woods in that city specifically. It's always, yeah. a, it's good yeah. to see some other colors over there. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, too, I mean, all weekend long, I was impressed by Yerk and Venom. Oh, yeah. They definitely seem to have those cats working better and better every round. And it, it was, yeah, they both looked really good all weekend. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the results that. may not have showed it every single triple crown round, but they they both looked really good all weekend. And that's one of the interesting things about the triple crown because, like, I I understand I understand the concept in that, you know, it's it's like you know outdoor moto. You have to look at the the holistic. It's more like looking at like a playoff series. You know, who can put it together for the most rounds? But if you just like, if you wanted to look at them as like almost standalone races, like if if the first round of a triple crown was uh, was Ironwood and the second round was Deadwood or whatever, whatever. I mean, in that third race, if if Jacob Yerk is P4 and Dan Benham is P5 in a regular main event, that's really good. That's really impressive. But because the triple crown, those finishes just get lost in the box score. But yeah, like you said, really good, really good riding from both those guys all weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one other thing I do want to touch on as we move past uh, pro, at least for, for Saturday, was just, you know, we were sharing the space all weekend with uh, with the Oval guys. So I I enjoy watching it. I am not an Oval guy by any means, but I blame uh, Blaine Stevenson for this. After we did our podcast, I've watched a bunch of Oval races this year, and it's completely his fault. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for uh, for pro champ, uh, Gady wins a heat race. Sabrina Blanchett, really good weekend for her. She won like everything under the sun. I don't know how many flags she took home this weekend, but she had a hell of a weekend. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Matt Gady takes the win on Saturday in uh, in pro champ Gunnar Stern, um, and then Tom Olson as well. So really interesting to watch. I mean the the track conditions looked it looked it looked rough just cause with yeah. it being. With it being so warm, like it looked I watched, a little I wet. Just a little bit of it, and the amount of like breaking bumps or some or what, whatever they call them, in those corners, mm-hmm. it's like holy cow. Yeah, it yeah. was it it was gnarly. It was gnarly, and a lot of a lot of wrecks over the weekend on the ovals. Like a lot of people into the hay bales. So yeah, I only watched like three or four races, and there's a wreck in every one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> there was there was there was a lot there. So um. Yeah, but uh, so that was the story with Champ, and then uh, Tom Olson has a, a good weekend in Formula Three, takes the win as well. Um, so, yeah, just want to touch on that a little bit on on Saturday. I'm not an oval guy, but it's really interesting to watch those guys, and I wanted to give him a shout out, and we'll touch on it for uh, for Sunday as well. So, um, yeah, any other comments for uh, for Saturday before we roll into Sunday? No, I think we got most of it uh all right moving into moving into sunday one of the things i i wanted to call so they we talked about a little bit earlier but they changed up that back rhythm section so it was like super super gnarly and then they switched it for um sunday so it was what it was like a triple out of the corner and then it was like a double 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 or a double double section into the corner instead of just rhythm all the way across the back right yeah 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 and i think uh that definitely, I wouldn't say it played a huge impact, but for the first couple of rounds and just, you know, we'll roll right, right into this with, with pro women, those first couple of rounds, there was a few girls that were doing the triple. I think, uh, I think Hauger was like the first one to do the triple, like straight up. And yeah, there was a I couple girls. That. that was impressive. Yeah. There was a couple of girls that were doubling it. So for like a couple, for a couple heat rates and stuff, that was a big differentiator for, uh, for some people was that rhythm change. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So uh, in the uh, in the final for for pro women, Tasha Lang gets out to a to a really good start. Malene gets by her in the rhythm section, and then it just kind of kind of sell, settles out to to where we would expect. I didn't see the I didn't see the wreck or the the mechanical, however you want to say it, with with Naley Labelle. I obviously only saw the the video at the end where her her a arm and her spindle were just destroyed. So yeah. Not sure what happened there. Yeah, it looked it looked like the A arm ripped off the bulkhead, which I've mm-hmm. seen a few times with Ski who's now over here. I've seen it <laughs> I've seen it both ways. I've seen it where, you know, it takes a chunk of the bulkhead with it. And mm-hmm. I've seen it where it just shears off at the mounts and you just have, you know, the the bolt is still going through the bushing in the A arm, but the rest of the A arm has removed itself from the snowmobile. Yeah, and it's it was eerily similar to to Ishul at uh, Canterbury. I mean, he was having more electrical yeah. issues by the end of it, but it was very much the same. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very it's just tough break for her because, like we said, she's been running really well, and 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 like I said earlier, like there's just there's a couple of those girls that like you know one one issue with Malene or Tasha or or Inanna, and those girls are ready to pounce. So it's it's a bummer to see her go out um for that round but uh yeah interesting to see what she can pull for uh for salamanca for sure yeah i mean she was you know she was fourth that entire race with you know lap times very very close to hogger and lang so it uh yeah definitely disappointing finish to the night for her Mm -hmm. for sure for sure so moving into into pro light so getting going through some of these heat races again just showing how how all over the place we are. So um, Anson Scheel in there, riding extremely quick in uh, in his heat race. Uh, Bellew, as we spoke about earlier, really coming into his own. Kenny Mandrick, again, just really, really strong this weekend. Did you see, uh, did you see Ty Fi up there with a with a P3 in his heat race? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Mandrick, Christian, and then, and then Talifer. Yeah, that was impressive. But, I mean, oh, how man. about... How about Shield holding off Dylan mm-hmm. and, taking, and stealing a heat win? I know that he's, was that was fun to watch. Yeah, he's 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 got the speed. He's he just again like like we talked to a lot of these guys. He's got to get the start. He's got to get the start because I feel like in pro light at least. I mean, a number of these guys can pass each other, but the only guy that could probably like pass up from like fifth is probably Creighton Dylan. So you got to get up there in front of him. And then hold him off, and Anson Shields able to do that. So super impressive. Yeah, and then I think it was the like I think it was like Heat Four Round One. Nick Lorenz basically going from like fourth to fourth to to first in that mm-hmm. heat. Yep, passing Posty, Hunter in Scott, like the, and Ashline. In, in like, and he he got Posty like uh, in the last corner. Like yeah, he he, pa- he passed like in the last corner to take that win. Super cool. Yeah, that was that was a really that was a fun race to watch. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, Trent Whitworth as well, riding really strong. Um, just, I mean, this whole weekend he had a really solid weekend. Anyway, we'll talk about it because he uh, he ends up on the on the podium. But uh, yeah, I mean, really, really strong in his heat races. And I don't, I don't know if I didn't expect it from Whitworth, but he's he's one of those guys, kind of like a Cody Cam, where he could he could win at any given time. So like if he's up there, it's not really a surprise, and if he's not up there, it's not a surprise, and it's not a knock at Trent. Super talented. I just 
when he when he ends up there up front i'm like oh yeah he's 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 legit he's top level i just kind of forget it when he's not there so right. uh, really really good weekend for him yeah and then you know that i mean the lcq was on sunday was was crazy to watch i mean you had unfortunately bailey forest you know was not was not given the the extra time that was allotted to people on Saturday, but yep. Um, I mean, you had Downs in there, you had Baloo in there, you had Ashline, Kirchmeyer, Freeland. I mean, it was a it's a loaded LCQ. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that and, you know the last lap battle for the transfer spot between Freeland and Kirchmeyer was. I mean, unfortunately for me, Kirchmeyer lost out, but it was it was a really fun battle that last lap between him and Freeland going back and forth. Yeah, there was, there was a lot there. I mean, like we've talked about, like a, a pro light LCQ is, you know, our current field, a pro light LCQ is like a pro light final, like four years ago. Like we're, <laughs> it's, we're, we're at, we're at that level now. It's, it's really, it's really cool to watch. Not cool to be in. I feel bad for those guys, but cool to watch <laughs> yeah. if you're a fan. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't need the extra five laps. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, and then so uh, in the final, so Trent Whitworth gets out front super early, which again, like I talked about, like he he can be there. You just you're just waiting to see it. Uh, Creighton Dillon ends up uh, kind of working his way up past Kenny Mandrick, gets into second, um, and then Nick Lorenz was making a a hard charge, and then he jumped, he tripled on that back rhythm under yellow, and he knew it immediately. Like he, I'm sure he just couldn't see it, but like a suit, like he came off the face of the jump turned around in the air and saw the yellow he knew it immediately because he had passed mandrick on that that triple so he pulled over he basically came to a stop let mandrick back by and for me i mean i don't know i wasn't there i thought that was going to be it because he was on he was on kenny like on the face of that jump anyway he didn't like he passed him under yellow but he didn't make up like a crazy amount of time under yellow from jumping that so yeah so like at the finish of the race nick lorenz was still in third like that's that's how he finished he ended up passing kenny and technically finished in third yeah no i mean it was a impressive ride for sure yeah but uh ultimately he ends up getting docked so i think he got moved down to to p what did he get p5 i think he got i think that's what it was sixth um six okay yeah, so that uh, that bumps Kenny Mandrick back up to the to the podium spot, and I mean, t- to Kenny's credit, he 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 rode. I mean, he's he's a he's a podium guy. Sometimes you need a little bit of you need a little bit of luck, like everybody does, but um, you can't take that away from him. Kenny Mandrick with a P three first uh, first podium in the pro light class, pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's that's big for Kenny, and big congrats to him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh. Moving into pro, you ready for pro? Well, I just, you know, how, how about having f- five different people on the podium for pro light over the two days again? You know, the yeah. only the only repeat was Dylan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that again, that just they just keep they just keep reminding us about how deep that field ha- of talent is. Hashtag like, deep field. Hashtag deep field. <laughs> <laughs> like. I mean, Ashline was ninth, and Baloo was eleventh. 
but the night before they were two and three. Like it is, well, it's, just, that, it's just crazy. That's what makes like this class so damn hard because you know we we give out these e- extremely coveted stud of the week awards on this show. You know, like people are are driving halfway across the country just to have a chance at these stud of the week plaques that we give out, Bruce. I and, heard Creighton Dillon was going to donate one to charity. Pull is one that what it was? Char- yeah. Oh, I heard he's bringing okay. in big money. I heard Matt Green mm. was b- putting big money up to get his hands on one. Matt, Gr- I'm on. I'm on from Greenwood. You said, I'm yeah. Greenland Un- is it Greenland or Greenwood? Well, there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of Bois Verts racing over the weekend. <laughs> um, so same thing, right? Oh, speaking of this, did you happen to see? I for, I I should have known this. Like it was in the 200 class. I didn't catch the first name, but uh, Simon Belzeal's kid was out there in the 200 class. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Talk about full circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, but uh, I, I want I want to see the next 10 years of battle between Belzeal's kids and Danny Poyer's kids. That's what I want. <laughs> there was. I wasn't sure. So I know Danny's two kids are are older now, but I know so I in the two hundred class, and Poirier is a common name in Quebec. But there was a Poirier in the two hundred class, number three twelve, and I'm like, come on, there's got to be there's got to be a link there, like there's got to be something. <laughs> so, um, the one last bit about uh, Pro Light, I can't remember what the heat race it was, but I I made a note of it and I just lost it in my stuff. But it was like. There was like eight, seven or eight people in the heat race. There was three, there's three Americans in the heat race. All the other riders were French Canadian guys on skidoos. <laughs> all of them. They, okay, they might not have been on skidoos, but all the rest of them were French Canadian guys. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just, it was interesting. It was just like, yeah, guy. Gotta gotta know where we are. Gotta know the audience. But yeah, it was it was pretty funny. So uh all right, I'm jumping around now. Uh pro Sunday. Pro Sunday. So for round one, Adam Peterson again gets a gets a really good hole shot. Uh Francis Pelletier is right there again. Jacob Yerk, you talked about it earlier, running really strong. He was up there in uh in in P three for a while, um, running up there. He ends up getting caught up in some issues in the corner, kind of slides out. Um, but then t- taking his spot is another guy, Dan Benham. Just these cat guys <laughs> running really strong right now. So uh Benham gets in there, gets by him. Um, and then yeah, it uh Imlhar, again, good ride, ends up going off the track at one point in time, which was pretty wild. But uh, LaBelle gets up there again battling. So it's it's kind of setting the stage, I think, a little bit for the final. But uh, that round one, Francis Pelletier, Emil Haar, and then Dan Benham holds on for that uh, that third place in the first in the first round. So a lot going on in that heat. A lot going yeah, on. Yeah, there, there was a lot of action, especially when 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 Yerk got got pushed wide and then passed by Benham and LaBelle at the same time. That was a mm-hmm. that was a fun battle to watch. Yeah, and I did have them as one of my snow goer picks too for the top five. So are you still um, playing that? You're still playing that? I am. I am. I'm I'm frosty about it, but I'm still doing it. Oh my god. Yeah, you've you've been screwed over so many times this year so far, and you're still playing it. Yeah. 
Yeah. What's well, that? Uh, it's like it's like the the Larry David uh, meme where it's like, "Screw you! I'll see you next week." That's, yeah, that's all, all, all the all the um, all the Dunkin' Donuts memes out here in New England. Like, <laughs> yep. you screwed up my order again, you assholes. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's you every week with Spoko or Fantasy. Uh, yeah, so a lot going on for, there. I'm just waiting for FanDuel to pick it up, and I'll just start. I'll just start betting on it. You want to be even more broke than snowmobilers are? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe with all this snow cross knowledge I have, I'll get lucky a couple of times. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure everybody knows that Bruce and I do this podcast full time. Like we're we're just rolling in it right now with high ceilings, and we live in a gated community and all this kind of stuff with with all the money we're bringing in. Like you know, we're not on like Greenwood level uh, money, but we're we're trying to get there. You know? Yeah, we are. You know, it's it's tough. It's it's tough, but somebody's got to do it. You know, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to be us right now. There you go. There you go. Uh, round two for Triple Crown and Pro. So Peltier, again, great start. Benham up there once again, which was interesting to see. Um, really starting to come into his own a little bit right now in the Pro class once again. Yeah, so. yeah lead, leading, leading some laps. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right after Peltier kind of tips it over, Benham gets back and leads some laps. Har was lurking there and gets back, gets past... Uh, Benham in the in that back rhythm section. LaBelle kind of gets in there as well. But uh LaBelle ends up he too. LaBelle goes off the track too. So a couple yeah, guys he really that, he had that like triple or double or something he was trying to do like right on the edge of the track. Yep. And it bit him. He comes back on and then the next lap he does it again. But that time the next time he does he stays <laughs> on the track. Like, oh my God. Like it was sick. Yeah, there was it. There's a couple of instances like that, even like um, in a, one of the finals, uh, like watching when people were still doing the tabletop, like on Saturday, the guys were they're going far right, basically landing with a ski like on the edge of the landing on the tabletop. Like there was there was some serious sketch over the weekend for sure. Um, yeah, so final for round two, Imel Har, Jordan LaBelle, and then Dan Benham uh, brings it home in the in the third place for that uh, that round. So. Um, yeah, moving on to, to round three. So hard jumped the start and he knew it like, like, okay. I shouldn't say he knew it because if you watch, if you watch it, I guess he jumped, but you can't really tell, like you could have made an argument that he was just on it, but I, I wasn't standing there. So apparently he jumped, he got the flag immediately, like before he even made it to the finish line. So he dropped back. Uh, Adam Peterson ended up getting like the official hole shot out front. Peltier was running P2 for a while. Ends up getting past Adam. Jacob Yerk, again, riding really well this weekend, makes a strong charge towards uh, Francis Peltier. Eventually, he ends up kind of dialing it back. LaBelle gets by Yerk with, uh, I think, two or so minutes to go. And then really just puts on a Jordan LaBelle charge. And ends up getting past Pelletier in the back rhythm and basically seals the win, at least in the heat race or the the triple crown round, whatever you want to call. But God, really impressive ride for Jordan LaBelle. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was really he was he was on it all weekend and at the the hometown crowd there for him. So mm-hmm. well, I mean him and Pelletier, I guess, are hometown crowd. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, final for, for that race, Jordan LaBelle, P1, Francis Pelletier, P2, and then Jacob Yerk again bringing home P3 for that round, which sets up the overall in pro for Jordan LaBelle to get the win, Emil Har, P2, like still salvaging P2 after basically having to drop back to, because what, he basically had to drop back to last, what did he get up to, fourth, that last one? Yeah. Yeah, I made it up to fourth. Yeah, so yeah, salvaged. Last, last place to fourth. Yeah, sal- salvaged what could have been pretty what what could have been pretty bad if he ended up getting mired back in the back of the field but uh yeah so uh hard gets p2 and then peltier bringing it home p3 in the overall which again we kind of talked about it earlier but just good good rebound for him after uh after his his issues in in deadwood and i'm sure he's you know physically sore as well but yeah just I mean, he even said it on the podium, like just, just trying to move on. Like he's, it's unfortunate. He doesn't want to dwell on it. He wants to move on and show that he can still, he could still win a championship in this class for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's 22 points. Yeah. 22 points behind Har right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's, he's there. And I think he's showing he he's like, on any given day, he's the fastest guy out there, like hands down. Like I, I think back to to how fast he was going at Canterbury. Like there's, yeah, there's yeah, gonna be he, Yeah, we both said it how fast he was at Canterbury. And like we were kind of like, holy shit, like wow. Yeah, yeah. There's there's gonna be days where he can't be touched. And I'm I'm here for it because I love watching him ride. He's super fast. It's just, and, and especially we talked about earlier, like how competitive this class is. If you can separate yourself, it's really impressive. So, um, yeah, keep an eye on that one for sure. Uh, closing it out, uh, Champ 440. I know you didn't watch much of it, but they they did the, um, so they used to do this in Snowcross, but now they just do it for the ovals. It's like the intro with everybody, their sleds all on the ice. Oh yeah. Go right down yeah, the line. Yeah. So damn cool. I, like, I don't care how many, I don't care how many times I see it. It's so damn cool. Yeah. yeah they gotta, they gotta bring I that back for, for snow cross. They used to do that with snow cross and yeah, that was always fun. Yeah. They, they gotta, they, they gotta bring that back. Um, so yeah, in, uh, champ 440, uh, Matt Gady makes it the, the sweep in champ class. And then, uh, Gunnar Stern gets P2, Danny Lambert P3. Yeah, just really interesting to 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 watch those guys all weekend. Again, it's not really my scene, but it's incredibly impressive to watch those guys uh, watch those guys ride, and it's just really cool. So, um, hats off to those guys in Champ. And then, uh, as far as Formula Three goes, Tom Olson, Matt Gady, and then Blaine Stevenson rounds out the podium. So, yeah, just wanted to give those guys a shout out. If anybody didn't watch it. Um, I actually, you know, I highly suggest going back. It's just really cool to watch. Those guys are crazy. Guys and gals, because uh, Sabrina Blanchett, Kendra was out there as well. Tough weekend for the PDF guys. Ooh. Kendra Sled caught on fire. Tanner <laughs> Foss had a mad wreck into the hay bales. Tough tough weekend for those guys, but um, yeah. Um, yeah, stud of, the, stud of the week, Bruce, for, for ISOC before we get into to Bowden. Who are you going with? I think, I think Maylene's overdue, you know, she's, yeah. she's, you know, uh, ever since the, 
her issue at the very first in the very first final at Ironwood. She's won everything since. So I'm gonna give it to Maylene Katu this weekend. I think she's earned it. I can't argue with you because you know, we we look at we, we've given two of these things to Creighton Dillon and she's you can't argue with her either. So No, no, she's been, you know, can totally dominant. Mm-hmm. So no, it's it's overdue. So yeah, mine's going to Maylene this weekend. Fair, fair. For me, mine might be a little bit controversial and I will I will explain myself on this one. So uh I gave one of these to Jacob Yerk. Uh was it last week? Time's flying. Um I think <laughs> yeah, dead, Deadwood. Um so I gave one to him and for me it's like the entire like the storyline of you know I love seeing guys like slowly, slowly working up and, and you can see it. You're just waiting for that th- right thing to click and you're waiting for that moment. And uh, for me, that was that was Kenny Mandrick this weekend. I think, you know, I, I look back to, to last season where he didn't even have a ride at the first race and then he gets that, he gets that, uh, that opportunity with one three races one weekend and then the Flipson guys pick him up and he's making gains all year and then... Uh, yeah, he wins three out of his four heat races over the weekend, and then with that issue with Lorenz, he ends up P three on on Saturday, and just a just a cool storyline. I think it just adds another guy into the mix that is going to be coming into Salamanca with a ton of confidence and throwing a wrench in everybody's plans. So my stud of the week is Kenny Mandrick. I think it's well deserved. I mean the the progression he's made in that ridiculously competitive pro light class. And to take three out of four heats this weekend and get on the box one night. Yeah, I think it's solid choice in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, all right. Should we move into, uh, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but we're going to do some coverage on uh, Super League on Bowdoin first round this weekend. So, Bruce, we talked about it earlier. You were there. Uh, a average outing as far as announcing goes but the racing was damn good and oh my god did it look cold holy shit (laughs) yeah um yeah announcing was was mediocre um he's okay uh (laughs) but no uh it was it was brutally cold both days it was cold it was cold last year when, when i went there and it was colder this year so uh yeah it was I'm trying to remember what it was. I tried to, I'm trying to block it out because of how cold it was. I've still got a mark on my face from when I was racing and how mm-hmm. on my cheek, I had some exposed skin and yeah. So <laughs> I think it was, it had to be minus 15 or 16 Fahrenheit Friday night. And I think it was minus 22 or minus 23 Saturday night. It was, it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. The only thing, only thing that saved us it was there was no wind, no wind. Mm. So it was it was just cold. I wouldn't say that saved you because the snow dust brutal. Oh. oh my god! Yeah, we we got behind schedule Friday night because they they started with the first like pro light group for practice and qualifying, and they stopped them like two minutes in because of the snow dust was just hanging in the air, and they took like twenty minutes or so and went and salted the whole track to try to help keep it down. And then all weekend long, they were chasing the snow dust with salt. I mean, they did a good job. I mean, it definitely, 
it helped. It went, I don't think it would have been raceable if they didn't go out there and salt it as much as they did all weekend. One of the one of the aspects of this race, very interesting too, is you guys had had the super lane, basically a joker lane that you yeah. had to take, which yeah. added a lot of a lot of flavor to the race. It really shuffled some things all weekend. Yeah, yeah, I definitely kept it exciting. You know, the, you know, Paulie had kind of come up with the new with the new race format for for it going into this year, having round one, and if you were top three in round one you transferred directly to the semi one of the two semifinals. If you weren't, then you got shuttled into one of the two round twos and then had to be in the top four to get yourself out of those into the semifinal. And then you basically had two semifinals with 10 riders each top five went to the main bottom five went home. And every, every time you had to do the super lane. So it did it. It was constantly mixing the field up and, I thought it kept the, I thought between the race format and the super lane, it kept the racing really exciting and kept things tight. It wasn't just a, a 10 minute moto where it's like, okay, five minutes in, we know who's going to win this unless they crash or break. Like mm-hmm. it, yeah, it did it. And it showed, I mean, cause we, we did, we had a couple of those things where, you know, the, the leader takes the super lit super lane late and somebody had closed the gap up enough where they take the lead and, that person wins the race instead of the guy, the guy or girl who's leading it the whole time. So it did it. It kept it fresh and exciting. And I think, I think most people liked it because you got a fair amount of track time out of it. And, and I think for the fans and the, and the, and the live stream viewers, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. One of the other things that I had noticed kind of to your point there, like every single, regardless of the class, everybody had 10 laps. And that, like, if you're pro, that's not that bad. If you were a sport guy, it's a lot of laps on that track. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a sport guy, it was a lot of laps. <laughs> as a sport guy that hadn't raced or even practiced since Ironwood, it was a lot of laps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, You know, I, I saw that on the schedule Saturday morning. It's like, shit, I need to make sure I transfer directly to the – because um, – <laughs> Sport didn't have a round two. It just had, it had round one and you either went to the final or you went to the LCQ. And it's mm-hmm. like, I need to go right to the final. I don't have the the stamina to run an extra five laps of an LCQ in me. So it, it did, it was, it was tough. Cause I was, you know, I had like Ida and her friend Frida put together a track at their, at her house thursday night with a bucket loader just to try to get me a little bit of give me a little bit of seat time before we went up there because i have had literally none since i got mm-hmm. back from ironwood and um they did an awesome job i was amazed at what they could build with a bucket loader and yeah. a, and a touring sled towing a little a little like homemade groomer thing behind it to smooth it all out like I was impressed. I got out, I got up and went out there Friday morning and, or uh, Thursday morning. It's like, shit. Okay. So I, I got to put like 20 minutes. It was the, it was the first time firing my sled up too. Like I had, mm-hmm. it was, I finished it in the trailer with dad Wednesday night and yeah. then Thursday was firing it for the first time. So luckily it ran and I got put, I got to put, you know, point, I got 0.4 hours on it before we loaded it back in the trailer and drove to Bowdoin. 
<laughs> so, so I was thrilled. Uh, uh. But yeah, no, definitely glad I was in the top five in the in the qualifier and got right into the main. Because yeah, that that ten laps was a long ten laps. Because the cold wasn't so bad, you know. My FXR gear, you know, softball that in there kept me pretty warm. But uh, I was yeah, I was just beat and yep. hadn't had a lot of time to dial the sled in. So it's like. And I was telling dad and Eda in the trailer, it's like, when I needed to be soft, it's not soft enough. And when I needed it to be stiff, it wasn't stiff enough. So like, I just could not get it right out there. It just never felt good. But I came away with an eighth in the, in the final out of 15. So I was, I was happy. Would have been, would have been happier with the top five, but I mean, no seat time and yeah, sled not where I needed to be and myself, not where I needed to be either. So I was happy to come away with the eighth and hopefully I can, I can do better next month when we go to Finland and yeah, you know, maybe I, uh, we'll be there too. And we'll, we'll be tearing it up together. That that's, that's the goal we're trying to put. I mean, I, you're going to regret this. You're not going to want to see how slow I am on a snow. I haven't touched a snow cross track in like seven years. You're not going to want to see this, but I mean, last, I mean, last year when I, when I showed up over here, it'd been six years since I'd seen a snow cross track. So, I mean, seven's only one more year, <laughs> you know, when it gets beyond one or two, it's, it's, it's just a lot at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, you know, I, I look at a lot of tracks, you know, watching all these races. So there's not very many times where I'm like, God, that track looks fun. I wish I was out there, but Bowden looked really fun. Like that, that huge tabletop like basically right off the start that got like right off the, even like after the right hand corner, that thing looks so much fun. It looked like it was a ton massive. of snow was used, but it looked fun. It was massive. And you know, you could, you could hit it as fast as you want. And most of the time you weren't going to clear it. Like, mm -hmm. but it also didn't help either, you know, not having Woody's traction products, you know, that mm -hmm. jump face was slick a lot of the time. Oh, so I feel like it? if you had studs, you come out of that corner, you're going to clear that, clear that table every time where mm -hmm. in this case, you know, half the time you were spinning up the face. So you wouldn't have that, the drive that you, you should have had if you had studs. Yeah. But it, no, it, it was, you know, when I, you know, watching, you know, when we were in Orsa a couple of weeks ago and when we went to Articat Cup, it's like, yeah, the track is, track's okay. It looks okay, but it's not like. It wasn't like I'm going to hop on Edith's sled or whatever and go ride. It's like, no, nope, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll stay behind the camera. It's okay. <laughs> but Bowden, you know, if my sled wasn't ready, I would have jumped on hers or something because that track mm -hmm. was just a lot of fun to be out there. Like it was, it was really, really fun. It would have been nice if it was like 35 degrees warmer, but it was yep. a lot of fun to be out there. Yeah, I, that that tabletop looked really fun. And the only thing I was thinking that whole time was like, there's probably as much snow in that tabletop as there is in like all of Valcor or all of Deadwood. <laughs> like that, all the snow they used to build the entire track is probably in that tabletop. That's how much yeah, snow you I mean, have over there. You know, everybody's been saying that like this is the best winter that Sweden's had in like ten years, and it, I mean, we just got like six, seven inches of snow where I am today. Mm -hmm. Like, and we are, we, we already have a good base here. We've probably got, I don't know, a few, 
if you go step into a if you go step into the yard, there's probably a foot and a half of snow. And now mm -hmm. we just got another seven inches on top of it. You know, and you know, my dad just kept saying it over and over again when we were driving back south on Sunday, like seeing all these fields of just a massive amounts of snow and no snowmobile tracks, like completely untouched, ready to be ridden on. Like, and mm -hmm. you know, he was flying back home to Massachusetts <laughs> where there's nothing right now. And it was like 55 degrees and shitty out all weekend. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Attention snowmobile racers. When it comes to dominating the track, trust the experts at Woody's traction and control. Their cutting-edge products are engineered for peak performance, providing unmatched grip and control in every turn. Don't let the competition catch up. Upgrade your sled with Woody's Traction and Control products today. Visit www.woodystraction.com and experience the winning difference. Woody's Traction and Control, where precision meets victory on the snow. Uh, one thing, I'm just going to roll right into this. One thing I forgot before we get into uh, Friday night at Bowdoin, I touched okay. on the the champ class and I didn't even give them my stud of the week, which Ooh, is going to yeah. be Matt. It's going to be Matt Gady for sure. Sweeping the weekend in champ and those guys deserve a, deserve a start of the week as well. So we'll get a plaque out to Matt ASAP. So this is where it's going to get very difficult, Bruce, because I watched all the races at Bowdoin and I took all down all the names. Okay. Doesn't mean I can, doesn't mean I can say them. But I have them. That's good. That's good. I mean, I, yeah. I know the feeling. Yep. Mm -hmm. I know the mm -hmm. feeling. So um, let's let's do Pro Light uh, Friday night first. Okay. So. Yeah. Go ahead, Bruce. Go ahead. I had um, I think we had we had just over thirty riders in the Pro Light field. Um, so it gets the gets divided into two practice slash qualifying groups. So you get like, you get five minutes of practice and then they start waving a green flag and, and then it's timed for five minutes. And then, you know, your best lap kind of sets what pick you're going to have in your respective heat later in the night. So, but um, no, I mean, there was a, it was kind of the first time this season that we had kind of the, all three, you know, riders from all three countries. Well, four, because we had, we had Bradley Tatro here. So we had, four countries in pro light did 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 you though because i saw him make, <laughs> make it to the line but just a little bit too late yeah on, uh... yeah that that was a bummer for sure for him <laughs> on uh on friday night makes it to the to the semi and but was was late to the show um but no it was it, it was the first first time for a lot of these guys racing each other this season so that was going to kind of make it extra exciting because you didn't really, you know, you, you know how you stack up against your fellow Swedes or your fellow Finns or Norwegians, but you didn't really know how you were going to stack up against the rest of them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had like our, our Southside players, rider Gustav Westerlund, he was top qualifier. And then you had like Elias Soki from Norway was up there. Emil Hurton in group, in group A. And then in group B, you had Toppy Rinney. Felix Anderson and then Ali Salstrom were kind of like your top three in that group. So it, you know, each country had at least somebody in the mix to be up front. So mm -hmm. and then it kind of broke out into the four heats and you had the top three from each heat go directly to the semis. 
and then everybody else from the from the four heats got sandwiched into two round two qualifiers where they took the top four. So then you had ten in each semifinal with the top five moving on and then the second five going home. So you had, you know, in the first semi, you had Vesterland, Thor David Rasmus, who's raced in the States before, Levi Pustinen, Emil Hurton, and Elias Soki all going to the main. That was the one that unfortunately Bradley got DQ'd in for showing up late. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in semifinal number two, you had Topi Rini, Alisa Ulstrom, Yanni Kumalin, Felix Anderson, and then Nemo Philander, who's also spent time in the States with Woody's Racing. So that those were your those were your ten going to the final for Friday night. And it was a it was a fun final to watch. I mean, it was exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, we had you had Yanni Kumalin on the race racing machine get out front and led for almost the first half of the race. And then he took the super lane and then kind of just could never kind of rebound from it. Just kind of kept going mm-hmm. backwards. Um, but then that handed the lead over to Levi Pustinen. And then uh, you had my guy Goose moving up through and into second place. And then unfortunately, uh, Toppy Rennie kind of came across all the lanes and got into him and knocked him off his sled with like three to go. But yeah, I saw that it, uh, it a little bit unexpected considering how wide that turn is. And like, we're not talking like it's a two lane, like we're not talking like inside outside, like it's a freeway width of a corner and he takes him right to the edge and takes him out. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was a bit frustrating to watch, you know, it's like, you know, the, the track had to be, you know, 40, 35, 40 feet wide there. And, He's all the way inside, jumps the berm, goes all the way outside, and then decides to drive into him before turning and going over the jump. So it was, yeah, it was frustrating, but we can let the can let the viewers decide if it was, if there was some ill will there or not, I guess. <clears throat> but, um, but no, it was, it was cool to see, it was cool to see Pustinen get his first win in Super League. Mm-hmm. So that was really exciting for him and, then Rennie was second, Salstrom was third, um, and then you had Anderson and Philander four and five. So, you know, it, it was a it was a fun race to watch. And like I said, that the super lane really makes it exciting because it, it keeps it keeps the field in f- constantly in flux, depending oh, on yeah. when you take it when you take it, take it early, take it late. So it it makes it a lot more it, it makes it a lot more exciting, I think. So. And you gotta you gotta basically make that call because like if you get off to a really bad start, then you're like, well, I might as well just take it and just see what happens. Right. Or if you get off to a really good start, you want to build the lead and do it at the last possible second. So like your decision of taking it is done like within the first hundred feet, right <laughs> off the start. Yeah. Like you're making it on the track, so it's very it was very interesting to watch. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun and. Um... Yeah, no, uh, really, really excited for for Pustin in to get the win in in Pro Light. Mm-hmm, for sure, yeah, he definitely rode uh, rode really well. It was really, really interesting to watch. A lot of those guys in that Pro Light class, really, really fast, like really, really competitive class. It was, yeah, it was, it was. I mean, all three classes Friday night, Pro Light, Pro Women, Pro Open. It was, 
it was dicey in every one of them. Like you didn't, especially once you got to the semifinals, you didn't really know who was going to get in or not. Like it was, yep. it was really exciting. For sure. For sure. Let's move into, into pro women then. Cause you want to talk about competitive class. I feel like there's <laughs> stop me. If you've heard this before, there's like four, there's like three or four girls <laughs> that you know are going to be on the podium. You just never know how you never yeah. know how. So, um, yeah, yeah this a lot year, going on in pro women. Yeah, this year early on, you know, it's been Hilda Omen a lot up front mm-hmm. in Orsa and in Articat Cup and and whatnot. And she was the she was the Super League champion last year in pro women, so a lot of pressure on her to kind of try to keep that keep that up and re- retain mm-hmm. that. And then you know, so she was top qualifier Friday night, and then you had Jenny Lundstrom who just returned to racing this year after a hiatus. She was P two. Um, you had Wilma Janssen third, and then you had a pair of Polaris Saga Forcell from Finland. And then our team Southside Polaris Scandinavia rider, Ida Roselle qualified P5. So, and that was a, that was a big field too. We had 15 riders in that class from five countries. We had Sweden, Norway, Finland, um, Switzerland, and then, uh, America. So. That was kind of cool with um, Sam Gilleron making the big drive up from Switzerland. That's like a, that's got to be like a thirty-hour drive if I had to guess. <laughs> like it's like oh, it's in it's it's still in Europe. Well, yeah, but it's it's a ways, and we were really yeah. far up in Sweden, so it was a long ways for Sam. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to have her there. You know, we I had met her last spring when we ran the Bacher summer cross in Austria up in the Alps in like June. And we got mm-hmm. to, we, she was one of the girls racing there. So it was cool that she made the trip up. Did you see, uh, did you see that Jenny Lundstrom's racing this weekend? Salamanca. I did just see that. Um, I don't remember if I saw it on green mountains thing first, or if I saw it on snowmobile racing network first, but I, yeah, I did see that. I mean, I'm very intrigued because you know, she's been, doing great here early in the season, but on a Lynx. And obviously I know she's not flying one of those over there with her. (laughs) And, you know, Green Mountain's obviously a cat team and her boyfriend's on the team. So I don't know how much seat time she has on an Articat. Yep. If ever any. So that will be, you know, if she was coming over and hopping on a Ski-Doo, I'd feel like, okay, yeah, she's going to be, She's going to be a top fiver, you know, if she gets out mm-hmm. clean, rides good, she's going to be top fiver, but <clears throat> throwing her on an Articat now, it's really going to depend a lot on how comfortable she can get on that and how fast she gets comfortable on it. Cause yeah. that's a, that's a big change. It's a really big For change. Sure. And then, you know, I don't think she's been over before. So then you throw studs into the mix, getting used to studs for the first time, which you know, when Ida came over and had the three days of practice in Aurora and then raced with them, she loved them. You know, she's mm-hmm. disappointed her right now that we don't have them here yet. And it's like, I know now you need, now you see why I've been complaining about it all last season about not having studs. It sucks. You can't mm-hmm. stop when you want to stop and you can't go when you want to go. Like it's frustrating. So I think, you know, that combined with being on an Articat and then what the track's going to be like, 
Like how much snow are they going to have? How big is this track going to be? Is it going to be just bumper cars and in a bull arena? It's yeah. But I mean, she's a, she's a very, she's a very talented rider. She's proven that these last three weeks. So I'm excited to see what she can put together over there. Yeah. It's one of the things I, I noticed quite a bit and it, it, you know, it could just be this track alone, but, uh, they don't seem like if they have a straightaway, they don't just need to fill it with just bumps. Like that's, that's a North American thing where like, Oh, we couldn't possibly just have a straightaway. There's gotta be, there's gotta be something in it. There's gotta be a rhythm. There's gotta be a table. There's gotta be a wall. We couldn't just have a straightaway. So yeah, again, if, if from the snow conditions we've seen with Salamanca, if it's just like a really small oval, that's all rhythm. That's going to be a rude awakening for a North American series for somebody coming over. That's not going to be fun, but right. we'll see. Yeah, I mean, over here, you, you get such a wide array of tracks. You know, sometimes we race on a motocross track that's just covered in snow. And then, mm-hmm. you know, every every track you go to basically has a different builder because it's it's a motor club putting on that race. And Orsa, it's that motor club. And uh, Ostersund or Alsbin or Waxendalen or Big Cilium. It's It's that motor club. And it's mm-hmm. whoever's in that club that can drive the groomers, the one building the track. So they build one track a year with whatever snow and materials they have available to them. And that's what you get. So sometimes yeah. it's good and sometimes it's not so good, but they only get one chance per year. Um, mm-hmm. At least with, with Super League, it's the same guys building it for each of the rounds. So there's some, there's some, there's some flow. There's some, you know, if it, you know, the guy knows what he's doing and he has a lot of snow to work with and they build a track a lot like what we see in America with big jumps, deep rhythm sections, big berms. It's yeah, it's definitely my favorite tracks to ride on for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So, pro women rounding out the podium: Hilda Oman P1, Wilma Janssen P2, and then Jenny Lundstrom P3 in the final for Friday night. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. a good race. You know, Saga Forsell had gotten the whole shot, and then you know Hilda kind of got by her quick. Um, but then the the battle behind there for two, three, and four between Saga, Jenny, and and Wilma was a good one for a while. But then, yeah, by the end of it, it was, it was Hilda with like a four second gap over Wilma for the win. And then Jenny, another couple seconds behind. And that's kind of been, kind of been the show so far, you know, Hilda winning. And then it's been Jenny kind of P, it was Jenny P2 all weekend in, in Orsa, but then she didn't run Articat Cup. So then it was Wilma and P2 and Wilma, you know, I, I talked about it on the live stream. Wilma usually does better on tracks with with more air you know the bigger the jumps mm-hmm. the, the better the rhythm sections the better she seems to do mm-hmm. so you know super league is definitely like her preferred type of track big air big rhythm that's what she likes and and so that's i think that's why she shined friday night was because of that that you know the way the track was built mm-hmm Moving on to uh, to the pro class. So, re- again, I, I, common theme here with Super League. Very competitive. 
like a lot of really talented guys in the pro class. I know it's talented when uh, when John Stenberg doesn't really have much going on in the class. Then I know it's super competitive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, in, in you know, he had the two groups of qualifying. He was he was third quickest, mm-hmm. and it was really kind of sick because the first two guys, Hansen, Emil Hansen, and Magnus Wrighton had the same exact best best lap in qualifying. Oh, really? But Hansen had done it first a lap earlier, so he got he got the number one pick. But it was to the thousandth of a second, the exact same lap time. Like, <laughs> like wow. And Wrighton's just been on a tear these last last few weeks. I mean, he he won the opening round of the Swedish SM. He won Articat Cup last weekend and then now here he is tied for top qualifier at super league like yeah he it was just working really well for him for sure yeah it's uh and it was a, and it was a deep pro field i mean we had like i think we had 24 pros so 24 I mean, was, pros yeah so okay. and and you know you, you didn't know who was going to be the 10 in the final you had an idea who a couple of them would probably be but you know those 10 spot whittling that field from 24 to 10 there was a lot of uncertainty all night long about who was actually going to get in the show it was mm-hmm. yeah it was a lot of fun to watch well i just it's it's such a stark contrast where we're running triple crowns over here because we don't have enough people and then you guys have like an old school format where you have heat races and then you move into semis and then yeah. put them into the final like it's just it's just it it's interesting because every race matters so it's it makes it really really interesting and really competitive yeah absolutely and you know we had you know you had um and you know one thing is if you don't take the super lane during the during your race you get a 20 second penalty Mm -hmm. and like linus dahlberg won his round one didn't take the super lane but still managed to qualify for the semifinal and, and finish third because of how much <laughs> of a lead he had. Mm-hmm. He was just rolling. And then he wins his semifinal. And it's like, you know, Linus is a really good rider. I mean, I mean, they're all really good riders. But, mm-hmm. you know, he got dinged up in Orsa, skipped Articat Cup. So it's like, I don't really know what to expect from him when he shows up here. Like, is he, is he 100%? Is he 75%? What is he? And he goes out and wins the qualifier, gets docked, still makes the semifinal, wins the semifinal. It's just like, wow, like was not, did not see this coming. Mm-hmm. But no, it was, uh, it was, it made for a really good, really good night of racing. So I'm not going to try and say him. Who's a, who's a pro pro final podium. Uh, so you had, you had uh, Magnus Wrighton. Got the win, mm-hmm. so that made it mm-hmm. his third win, in, third win in a row, as far as the weekends mm-hmm. are concerned. And then you had Elias Bacher, who made the trip up from Austria, finished second. Mm-hmm. You know he he's kind of like the best Central Europe has to offer right now. Oh yeah, which shows me that the future is really bright down there if he can come up here and finish second. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool, to, and, and to only be a couple seconds behind Wrighton. Mm-hmm. And then Emil Mickelson kind of came out of nowhere, snuck into the final, um, out of the semi, 
and then finishes P3 in the final. Mm-hmm. And he spent some time in the States last year. And so for him to be P3 was impressive. And then you had, you know, and that relegated Stenberg to fourth. Mm-hmm. And then Albin Lundquist fifth. Um, and then you had your, you had your, one of your top qualifiers, Hansen, ends up upside down in the first turn. So he finished last. <laughs> so it was, it was just, it was crazy. It was a, it was crazy. It was, it was just action the whole race as far as not knowing who was going to come away with this thing at the end of it. I just really like the, the Joker lane component as we talked about, just because you're like, you never really know who's truly in the lead. Like you'll check timing and scoring and you'll watch the guy out front, but you don't know if he's taking the lane yet, or you don't know when he's thinking about doing the lane and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it was just really, it was really entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, it was a fun night of racing for sure. So moving into to Saturday. So Saturday had a, had a sport final and this is where we chatted about uh, the East coast legend doing the announcing while the, while the B tier announcer was actually on the track. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So sport class, um, one of the, one of the interesting storylines, cause you just mentioned it about people missing the Joker lane. So, uh, both the the Wickman brothers were in the same uh, in the same race, mm-hmm. and they were running one two the entire the entire race, and then one of them ended up missing the Joker lane, so he got docked to P five because he missed it. And again, you said it was a twenty second penalty, but he he won the race, <laughs> and he got docked because he missed the Joker lane. Well, I, well, and then I mean, like I said, it was, it was brothers, but one mm-hmm. of them one of them skipped it in the final. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's just like, you know, usually, you know, that happens once you put a, you put a, you put a, you put a duct tape thing on the bar pad, like Joker lane, like, and uh, yeah, but no, it was, it was tough for sure. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun to be out there. The track was a lot of fun. I just wish I had more seat time and kind of had the sled feeling better than it was before I went, before I got there, but it was, it was a lot of fun being out there and getting back in the groove. I'm planning on racing Mm -hmm. this weekend at uh, Svartness. It's kind of like a exhibition race this weekend, like a half an hour from where I'm staying Mm -hmm. on a ski hill. So that it should be fun there. Last year, last year I raced it, but it was a bummer because there's only one men's class. So I was literally racing against like Robert London, Adam Renheim showed up. Linus Dahlberg. It's like, why am I out here right now? <laughs> like, what what am I doing? So at least this year there's there's two classes. So hopefully I'll have a little bit more fun. There but. you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, sport final on Friday. Hang on, I gotta get it pull up the results. Cause I had it. So yeah, um, Jens Vickman, and then oh god, I'm not even gonna try these next two people. Well, I mean, I had to do it all weekend. You can't, <laughs> you can't do it one time. Uh, you Gutorm, and then uh, oh, what Daniel Amin? That was not that bad. Yeah, yeah, bad. yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll have you in the booth with me in Finland. 
No, we you can, don't want we, that. We can we can butcher names together. We can just say their race numbers all weekend. You know, number seventy-two moves into second place. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a la Mike Schroeder. Anytime somebody has a crash, I'm gonna say it might have been a drivetrain issue. There's <laughs> gonna be a lot of Carlson brother racing and stuff like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna just go out of my way to be wrong. It's gonna be great. So you don't want to be invited back? Is what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just. <laughs> I'm gonna be as I'm gonna be as, as as bad as I possibly can, as average as I am at this podcast. That's how bad I'm gonna be in the booth. Yeah, you're just gonna. It's like when you go out on a date, you don't really want to go on, so you just make it as miserable as possible, so that you know you don't you're not gonna get a second date. You know, uh, shameless plug for people listening to this review pod. There's an upcoming interview. It's gonna come out after Salamanca with a uh, former pro racer may or may not be in the booth right now um may or may not have some really good questions and topics and discussion about announcing in the booth so if you know if you know you know but if you don't know then i'll have you guessing for like the next two weeks of who it could possibly be sounds intriguing but, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh sounds intriguing uh-huh. Mm-hmm. former pro so that takes me out of the mix yeah it's not you no it's not you no. um Hmm. It's not your dad. Nope. But nope. Uh, he's he's another legendary announcer now. So Interesting. Sounds exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. Pro-Lite final. So I, you know, I'm on the, the Topi Rainey train. Uh, you know, full on. I'm not, I'm not the conductor of the train. I'm not even in first class on the train. I'm like in economy class. I'm not like an early adopter, but I'm on the train. Dude's fast. He is fast. And I, I was really on, his, on the train until he drove into the side of Gustav. So now, now I'm, I, you know, I've kind of got one foot off the train. But the, be- but no, the best I, part I of that, huh? The, the best part of that was that you were announcing as it was happening. So you were like trying to keep your cool while your rider just got taken out and you're yeah. just trying to like do the commentary of what's happening. Oh, yeah. it looks like. Vesterlin went off. Oh, yeah. 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 I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how good, I don't know if I want to go back and listen to how good or a bad or a job I did talking about that <laughs> when it happened. But, well, I tell you what, we, if we flash back to Friday and I think it was round, I think it was round ones and Ida jumps the start in her round one. And it was, it was kind of funny because she had done it a couple of weeks prior in Orsa and I was videoing it so that we, I was videoing her starts for her so we could go look mm-hmm. at them later and she jumps to start and I, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm swearing on it. Like, but so <laughs> before I kill the video, I'm like, God da- fucking damn it. Son of a fuck. You know, I'm just going off in the video before I shut it off. So we, she goes back to watch it later and she's laughing about it because obviously it, I mean, it is funny. So now, but now I'm, I'm announcing the live stream and she does it. And I had to really restrain myself and kind of like catch myself from, from swearing about it on the live stream. And then not 15 minutes later, Chris Holm, my pro open rider comes up to the line and jumps to start. And it's like, oh my God. It's like, are you shitting me? Right? (laughs) Like, yeah. God is testing me right now. Like, 
I don't know if there's a, yeah, man. I, yeah, it was, a, it was tough. It was, a, it was a tough 15 minutes there. Of announcing. <laughs> and then, yeah, goose in the final getting with, with some, with some contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. But, but, uh, Saturday went better for him. So mm-hmm. Saturday went better for him. Toppy kept it clean and, uh, he, he got, you know, him and Goose battled for the lead a little bit. And then when Goose took the, took the, um, well, when Toppy took the Joker, uh, the super lane, Goose took the lead. And then when mm-hmm. Goose took it, Toppy took it back. So it, that helped them stay away from each other a little bit, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was uh-oh. Toppy Rooney with the win. Goose taking second. Felix Anderson in third. And then you had Nemo Philander and Miski Rissinen, four and five. But it was a it was an exciting final. Final. It was a lot of fun to watch. A lot of a lot of changing of positions. You know, Nemo battling from you know like eighth all the way up to fourth. You know that was fun to watch. And then you know the battle up front between Toppy and Goose. It was it was a it was a lot of fun to watch. It was a good race. And yeah, yeah Rennie Ren- uh, is him. Him and Goose are quick, and they're both. You know they're both young. They're both rookies in the pro light class this year. So mm-hmm. it's it's a really bright future for both of them. Yeah, like I'm. I was just I was really impressed. And even in the in pro light on uh, Friday, I think Rini was in. He might have been like seventh or eighth at one point in time in the final, and then rode his way up to what was he second? Yeah. On uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So definitely really really quick in uh, in that class. So. But yeah. uh, let's let let let's let's do our sport a favor. Let's not bring him over to the U.S. at a young age, and then spit him out and send him back home. Let's let him be really fast over there for a while, build up the speed, because he's 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 quick. He's quick. Well, I mean, they got enough yellow sleds in the pro light class at ISOC. They don't need another one. Like, <laughs> come on. I mean, you'll want it if, if he comes if, over and races for like Judnicks or something. Then you'll be all over it. I mean, I'd be okay with that. Um, <laughs> well, no, like shit. You know, the with the pro like class as deep as it is, send a couple to like CSRA or like East Coast to to bolster their lineups like like they used to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I I, I hear you. You're getting no fight for me. Um. Yeah. Pro light, really good stuff. Uh, moving on to to pro women again, same uh, same group, different order from uh, from Friday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know it. Um, you know they don't they didn't qualify Saturday. They 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 got their warm up, but they took the finishes from from round one, and that became kind of like your gate picks in your heats for for round two on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But. Um, you know the the big surprise was was Wilma Janssen. Mm-hmm. You know Hilda Hilda got the whole shot with Saga right, Saga and Wilma behind her, and then Wilma took the super lane early, which was kind of a interesting move. You know to be in the top three and take the super lane early like that, and kind of put yourself back in traffic. I didn't really know how it was going to play out for her, mm-hmm. but it it worked. <laughs> it worked. Yep. She was. She she did she she went you know back right up back through the field got in the second and then had closed the gap enough to win. Hilda took the super lane, relinquished the lead to Wilma, and Wilma 
got the win. It was, it was exciting. It was um, kind of, you know, she didn't, you know, I'm 99% sure she didn't really get anything for wins last year. So it was, Mm -hmm. it was exciting to see her rolling the way she was and be able to beat Omen straight up and take the, take the final win. It was cool. But like I said, I mean, that was, that is her kind of track, big air Mm -hmm. rhythm. It was, it's her kind of track. So, you know, I don't, I don't know when we'll see the two of them on the track again together. I'm thinking either Ulu stadium cross or it'll be big psyllium. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think big psyllium would play more into Hilda's hands where the stadium cross would, would, would keep playing into Wilma's hands with the big jumps and stuff like that. So it is that that's going to be a, going to be a battle the rest of this year. And then, you know, her taking the win and then Hill the second and then Lundstrom third. So, and, 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 a, and third by like a ski, like a half a ski tip, like, like two one hundredths of a second over Saga Forcell for third. Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was a drag race to the line for the checkered. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. That's what we talked about, like just the, how how spread out that track is. Like there, after that tabletop, there's just a massive straightaway going into that finish line jump. Yeah, so it really sets it up for a finish like that. Yeah, it was. It was awesome to watch for sure. So yeah, you had Forcell in fourth, and then Davina Bachtman finishing fifth on Saturday night. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, one, one thing I gotta mention is is um I, I just saw the name because there was a there was a Finnish girl there, Venela Kosovari, and she I mean she had an off she's a good rider she had an off weekend, but I remember in one of the heats, like fifteen second board is up, everybody's on the pipe heaters, and you can't see the flagger with the fifteen second board. Yeah, and yep, she starts she just starts yeah. waving her hands frantically like. Yeah. Like stop everything. And yeah. um she was kind of like the first one. And then as the night progressed, other people were doing it too. Like, and he had to, the flagger kind of had to like creep off of his like his pedestal yeah. and get closer to the people so that they could see him change the board from 15 seconds to five seconds because the it was, it was just so cold out. And they got on those pipe heaters and it was just an instant fog. You could not see shit. Like it was, oh, yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. They had the, the camera for the live stream was like right behind the, the starter. And you couldn't even like, once they got on the button, you couldn't even see the riders. No, it was like, it was that smoked out. You couldn't see any of it. Yeah, it was, it was in, it was nuts. Uh, moving into the pro class. So did, I think I missed it. Did, uh, did Chris home jump at first? Is that what happened? Well, I mean, we'll get to that, but I got to, <laughs> I got to give, I got to give him props for the semifinals. Like, okay. All right. You know, we, All right. We, we, I think we briefly talked about it, um, after, after Orsa, but like Chris hadn't raced in three years before I dug him off the couch to come back and help yep. me with this project of rebuilding the Polaris talent pool over here and getting some support at the track for Polaris. 
Because if if he didn't come off the couch, I don't think I would have had a pro over here this year. So mm -hmm. I was I was pumped that he was still kind of up for up for the challenge. Like, mm -hmm. but he got the he got in the semi, and he got the whole shot and just led the whole thing flag to flag. Like it was like classic like 2017 Christopher Holm. Like it was just sick. Like. His best lap was over a second faster than everybody else. You know, he had good guys in there. Stenberg was in there. Mickelson, who was on the podium the previous night, was in there. Lindstrom was in there. You know, Gunnarsson was in there. And he just he he just took off. And they could mm -hmm. not catch him. It was just so much fun to watch. Like, and and you look at and it was the second semifinal. If you look at the lap times for the first semifinal. He was the fastest guy out of both semis for best mm -hmm. lap. Like it was just so awesome to see. Like the we got the sled running perfect this season with the tune and the fuel, and he's getting comfortable on the sled. And it's just like holy shit, this is sick. Like it was awesome. Yeah. I was so so pumped. Everybody was so hesitant after the last couple of years of the sled not running great over here with the different fuels because we can't run leaded fuel here and we you know we put a lot of time and money and effort into making a good tune for a good fuel an unleaded fuel over here and now we're finally able to kind of show that yeah this sled can win in the pro class like here it is so yeah it was it was awesome so I, I got I, I had to plug Chris for that because it was a sick ride. But uh, then, yeah, you want to go and bring up the bring up the final. Fine, fine. Yeah. Well, the only reason is because, like, it's just it's still, you know, we, you told me about this when we did our episode last so many moons ago now. But how when you jump, you have to unplug your tether and hold it in the air. And only once they go green can you put it in and, and start the sled. Yeah, and that is just the wildest thing to me. So like, it just it, it it's, it's my just mind. severe punishment for sure. And yes, and it escalates. It can get worse. Really? So, yeah, I learned this at Articat Cup last weekend. So in the, in one of the pro pro races at the Articat Cup last weekend, okay, guy number one jumps. Okay, he's standing there with a tether in his hand. Getting ready to go again. Oh, another jump start. Guy number two now has to stand there with the tether in his hand. Okay, getting ready to go for the third time. Third guy jumps. Third guy is disqualified. Really? Yep. So even though he didn't jump the first two times, the third guy who jumps and beyond are disqualified and not allowed to race in that race. Yeah. <laughs> So if you're going to jump, you need to be one of the first two guys to do it because third on gets the shitty end of the stick. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the third guy was pissed. It's just – it's so weird because, like, even, even here, like, if you creep, they usually let you go back. If you jump, you have to be back row. But if you just creep, they'll pull you back. There, you freaking creep and you're – you're screwed. Like your race is basically over if you creep. Yeah, it makes it makes it infinitely more difficult. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah so, I mean, so Chris was like a 
I don't know, he was like six inches or I don't know what that is in centimeters, maybe like 18 centimeters back from the line itself. So mm-hmm. he did creep during the 15 second board, but it was it was only bringing himself level with the rest of the skis. So, but that was not a, I guess that was not a legitimate reason. So he had to hold the tether in his hand. So that was a, a bummer. But but then, I mean, there was chaos on the start. I mean, mm-hmm. Auburg ended up off the sled. I think Lindstrom ended up off the sled. I think Stenberg ended up off the sled. I mean, there was, there was chaos in the in that first turn when it funneled down. So even with Chris jumping the start, he still was like sixth going down the backstretch. Like, it's like, well, it's not so bad. Like, okay, we're in it. But then the uh the goggle lens popped loose and his breath fogged the inside out of it and then it instantly froze and frosted because it was <laughs> negative 25 or whatever out and so that was kind of the end of the race he tried he tried like one more lap with it and it's like nope 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 so it was a, it was a disappointing end to the day for chris but it was really i mean he he is really kind of coming into it with that sled and yeah, it's, it's exciting to see that we've got a, we've got a players that can run up front and win in pro open. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was exciting. But, but on the flip side of it, we had, um, we had Robert London pick up the win, which was a mm-hmm. surprise. I mean, he's been, he's been good these last couple of weeks. He got on the box uh, in Orsa and, on one of the days and I mean, he's a he's a great rider but he did he got he he got out good and and kept the nose clean and and lundquist and hansen just didn't have anything for him he mm-hmm. was just yeah he was in clean air and he did he he ran a really good race and picked up the win you had uh alban lundquist in second uh hansen it was nice to see because i mean bowden is literally his hometown like that is where oh, he really? is from so and after the bummer of Friday night with him ending up upside down in the first turn, it was cool to see him finish third and get on the box in front of his the hometown crowd. Uh, and then you had Aki Pessinen finishing fourth, and then Elias Bacher finishing fifth. So it was you literally had two completely different pro podiums both nights. You had two different winners, two different second places and two different third places. So, I mean, that just shows you how competitive that pro open field is here to have six different people. Yeah. And with the, with the exception of, of London who had a pretty substantial lead by the time he won, everybody else is like two, two to three seconds uh, back from each other. So they're not like, nobody's drastically faster than anybody else. Yeah. Like it's pretty tight. Yeah, nobody nobody was really running away with with much, and yeah, I mean, even the battle for fifth place between Bacher and Mickelson was like two one hundredths of a second separated fifth and sixth. Like after yep. a ten lap race, like it was, it was really good, really good racing all weekend in all of the classes. So when's the? So I know you you know a bunch of these guys are going to go home race the Finnish championship. A bunch of these guys are going home race the Swedish championship all this stuff. When's the next super league race? Next super league race is 
I think it's March like 16 and 17 or what is it? Yeah, 16 and 17 in Finland. Mm. Is the next Super League, next next two rounds of Super League for these guys and then they'll wrap up the championship in Austria in, up in the Alps at the end of May. Nice. That's cool. That'll be cool. It was so sick last year when we when we went there in June when Ida got invited to race the pro women's class down there. That was that was one of the coolest races I've ever seen in my life. Like mm. it's June 8th. We're up in the Alps at like 6500 feet. White as white can can be for snow. There's per, you know, like I'm I was picturing, you know, you know, we're going down there. Okay, it's June. They've probably buried this snow. It's going to be all dirt and mud or wood chippy. And mm-hmm. no, it is just the purest white, untouched snow, like on top of this mountain. It was just, yeah, it was sick. So I am, I'm really looking forward to the end of May and going back there. And, you know, last year it was an invitational. So we had, you know, you had like, I think there was like 15 pros there and then there was a handful of girls for the for the pro women's class. But now this year you'll have you'll have the Central European Championship there for all those classes and then you'll have Super League there for pro pro light and pro women's. So it's going to be it's going to be really cool. Really really cool to be there. Is there is there a uh, is there a media a media class? Where people who who host podcasts or write magazine articles for for Snowrider can can go. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think you know my plan right now is to probably, I'll probably try to jump into the, like the semi pro class for like the Cest the Cest finals. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm going to try to run. I'll write. I'll race that, and then. And then I can I can announce for all of the Super League stuff later on in the day in the weekend, but that's that's my plan right that's my plan right now. So, you know maybe we can get you in there and get you signed up for semi pro depending on how you do in Finland. Well, I, I was gonna sign up for pro, but I heard that uh, I heard that links through a fit because they wanted their guys to stand a chance in the championship. I it's did hear like, a little bit of that, you know, I mean, yeah, uh-huh. you know, links didn't send a couple of links actually, you know, for whatever reason, a couple of the really good guy links riders from Finland didn't show up to super league mm-hmm. this weekend. I don't, I don't know if they were nervous to race the Swedes. I don't know if they were nervous. They knew Chris Holm was going to be there on a Polaris and they're like, Oh Ooh, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, we can't, we can't get beat by a Polaris this weekend guys. No, mm-hmm. stay home. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't, why did they didn't show up? You know, um, I know, I know a couple of the guys are got ding. A couple of the players guys got dinged up. Mikalami got got hurt, so he he's trying to make it back and be ready for World Championships and and things like that. But I don't I don't know why a couple of the good Finns didn't show up. So mm. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the, with they were nervous. Mm, you know, they, you know, okay, it's the biggest snow cross competition in Europe biggest track in Europe and maybe they just they were just a little nervous seems legit couldn't yeah, be anything I mean, else I mean it, you know it's, it's the best series in Europe you had 170 racers there 170 racers not 170 entries you had 170 racers there this weekend mm. between all the classes and you know maybe they just, just a little nervous maybe 
You know, the, the light, the lights of Bode and Energy Arena may have, might have been a little too bright. <laughs> so, Bruce, start of the week, Bowden, Super League. Oof, boy. Um, I mean, there were so many good storylines coming out of Bowden between, you know, London getting a pro win, Toppy Rennie getting a pro light win, um, you know, me me just finishing the final uh, in sport. Uh, but I got to give it to Wilma Janssen. And the mm-hmm. pro women's class that, um, you know, Hilda went undefeated all last year in Super League, won everything, every heat, every final, everything. So for her to beat her straight up, you know, Hilda didn't fall off. They didn't drive into each other. No lappers got in the way. It was just straight up. Wilma reeled her in, passed her, and won the final. So for me, for me, that deserves stud of the week. Mm-hmm. What about you? I would agree. I, I, I would, you know, it's, it's cool. You get uh, two, two pro women studs of the week uh, for you picking Malene and, uh, and Valcor and then, and then here in uh, Super League. So it's pretty sweet. Um, for me, I mean, it's got to be Rennie. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all aboard the Rennie train. Like I said, I just Choo-choo. super you know super talented uh was just just fun to watch like there's no there's no there's no luck in that winning like you you know like you didn't you don't luck into a podium or you don't luck into it like he just went out there and in in both rounds just went out there and stomped it and yeah uh, yeah so to me it's to me it's it's Topi Rini yeah and it, i mean like i said there were so many to pick from you know between mm-hmm. you know Renton making it three in a row London getting a win, Rennie having a great weekend in, in pro light, Wilma having a good a good day good weekend and a, obviously an excellent day on on Saturday and yeah no there was there was a lot of good there was a, it was hard to pick somebody Elias Bacher getting a getting a podium his first I I think it was his first Super League podium not a hundred percent certain on that he might have got one in Ulu last year. Um, but no, just so many good storylines. But I, I've got to give mine to Wilma for the ride she put in on Saturday night and and being able to to reel in and catch the reigning champion of that class and get the win. For sure, for sure. So uh, before we before we wrap and talk like Salamanca for a hot second, I do want to plug uh, our boy Secretson Pro Am Plus Thirty Icon. Uh, for ISOC for like one weekend that uh, Snowcross in Iceland kicking off this weekend. Those guys have their, uh, their series kicks off this weekend. So I was chatting with him a little bit about it. Sounds like a really good following. They have a solid, uh, solid fan base, solid rider count out there building the series. And uh, yeah, just want to chat about those guys a little bit and give them a shout out. Cause any, anywhere anybody is racing snowmobiles, it's cool and I'm all for it. So is there a live stream for that this weekend? There will be a live stream. I don't have the link yet. Um, he said he's going to send it to me once it goes live. So I'll like post that on Instagram at some point. And maybe I, I if hope there's... it's in English. You know, I don't, I you know I kind of feel like it won't be, but one can hope because. And I tell you what, if we if we have to talk if we talk about that the, his that race next week on the on the recap. <laughs> If if we thought the Finnish names were tough, 
Let me tell you what. Some of those Icelandic names are really tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's not it's not getting easier for names, you know. And, and then I got to bring up the fact of Japan just had their opening round of racing this past weekend. Mhm. And, you know, I don't know what any of their names say. So because they have symbols. So did uh so to finish my thought, well, well, to finish the thought on yes. the Icelandic stuff. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll post uh, I'll post a link. And then if there's any other uh, racing networks that have to do with snowmobiles, if anybody has a major Facebook page, maybe somebody named Greenwood, maybe he can share it as well. He usually posts a lot of useful links and information for people to watch. Um, unfortunately, we ran out of time for that guy again this week. It, it's upsetting. Um, you know, I, I hope one yeah. of these times we can get him on. Yep. You know, but it's it's a bummer. You know, but we, we had a lot to cover this weekend between Bowden and uh, Valcor. And then, I mean, I, oh, I mean, I mean, I think we should talk about the SeaTac TV parking rankings. Shearing taking Ooh. the top spot this week, moving up. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, a lot there, and I I heard. Uh, did, did they say that Skull Quest didn't take a semi? They only took a, a trailer and like a Denali. I did so not that's why hear they that, but I did see they lost two spots in the. Yeah, ranking. I think I I think I saw it in the comments that they didn't take a semi because they, it was only it was only Freeland. So is, is they a just semi took a trailer. Requisite to be in the rankings. Well, it it has to be because it, who's the who's the team in there like power motorsports or something like that aren't they like uh they're not like a sport they're like a, a kids team oh okay. but they have a semi okay so I, th I think i think it has to be a semi in order for it to count okay okay fair enough mm -hmm. i i didn't read all of the rules i don't know if c-tech posted all of the rules for the parking rankings but i if he did i didn't i didn't see them yet because i mean i, I don't see judnick in the top 10 i don't see kurt you know kirchmeyer has a semi I don't see him in the top ten. So, you know, that's he's big... in the, he's still in the the bus rankings. Kirschmeyer is. Oh, that's why. okay. So yep. CTAC, yep. we want bus rankings after Salamanca. Just saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But nice to see Shearing moving up and taking the top spot. Movers and Groovers won three motorsports plus five places this week. Well, yeah. I mean, you you know, wow. Joe. I mean, he's. He... I don't, Valcor is not hometown, but it's way closer than anything else. So you know, yeah. Joe is feeling frisky. Yeah, yeah. So. he wanted he wanted to sleep in his own bed Sunday night. He was yep. Th that shit was packed yep. up, and he was out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. Another thing, just because uh, I didn't touch on it earlier about Valcor, I mean, first off, hats off to the guy that was doing the announcing, not ISOC, that was like floating back and forth between English and French all day. Like, you know, it was annoying that, every, that half the stuff was in, was in French, but really impressive that guy was floating back and forth the whole day and not missing a beat. Like that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I say it all the time to Ida and her family and my friends over here when they're bouncing back and forth between talking to me in English and then flipping back to Swedish and then back to English. And it's like, wow. Yeah, and like I was... I was talking to her earlier tonight on the phone and she's talking to me in English and she's trying to text somebody in Swedish and she's like mm -hmm. screwing herself up with it. I'm like, just, just stop talking for a minute and text, like relax. Yep. <laughs> but like, you know, even the, you know, like I said, we were 
we were broadcasting in three languages for Super League this past week. And, you know, we had we had me, my dad, Goose, and Oliver doing the the English version. You had um, Helgren and uh, Pontus Lundstrom, Jenny's brother, doing the Swedish broadcast. Mm-hmm. And then you had Harry and Yarki doing the Finnish broadcast. So, um, and then you had the girls doing the media stuff like Laura, you know, she's doing the first half of the interview in, in English. And then she, some of the drivers will switch to Swedish or Finnish afterwards. And it is, I, I gotta, I have to give all of them just huge props for being able to just like switch it on, switch it off, switch it on, switch it off. Like it is, it's, it's thoroughly impressive. Big time. Big time. Well, if anybody hasn't watched the Super League live stream, it is on YouTube. If you look it up, just, you know, you, you're certainly welcome to watch the Finnish version or the Swedish version, but you might be easier for you to follow along if you do listen to the English version. You know, the announcer was meh at best, but it might be easier for you to play along. And you've yeah, got- if you watch the if you watch the Saturday one in the morning, <laughs> the announcer was top notch. Any other time, the guy was garbage. So, and if you the Saturday uh, morning one, the guy it, like he'd be a whiz with suspension. The announcer, the guy's a genius when it comes to snowmobiles. So, um, just just bear that in mind if you choose to watch the broadcast. That's probably why my suspension was off a little bit all day. It was because. My mm. suspension guy was in the goddamn announcing booth all day, all morning. <laughs> yeah, flies over uh, here it, to help out, and he's he's just, he's just up there in the in the heated in the heated announcing booth all morning, <laughs> making me fend uh, for myself. So, uh, last point here before we wrap: uh, Salamanca this weekend. We'll, we'll see. I saw some pictures of the snow conditions. If the if you want to call them snow conditions. Not much there. There's going to be a track, I'm sure. I just, I'm not sure what it's going to be. I have no idea. But, uh, like, I like I, I feel like even, like, what we got for Canterbury was pretty solid. We're in a parking lot now, too, so I'm curious what track layout we're going to get with how much snow they have. But there's a race. There is going to be a race to watch. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm bummed I'm not going to be there. You know, obviously that's kind of my, my home, home national. It's as close as they get to me since they don't want to come to New England anymore for some reason. You mm-hmm. know, all the cool venues we have in Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Maine, and we can't seem to find one that fits, fits ISOC. It's kind of disappointing, but um, yeah, I just had a, I had a Facebook memory pop up a couple of days ago. I was showing the guy, I was showing Ida and Chris and them that uh, it was 10 years ago I was at I was at Salamanca and that was it was the weekend before Valcor the Valcor that I talked about and um, I ended up I was racing four classes I was racing it wasn't sport light back then it was amateur so I was racing amateur yep. one and amateur amateur two and then I was racing the ECS plus 25 and the ECS sport and I won all four finals for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I beat out Wade Acker in one of the amateur final in the second amateur final. 
And like, it was the, it was one of my favorite races ever, like of, of all the racing, because, you know, the way that track was set up that year, you come out of like the, it was a, it was a, it was like an Indianapolis motor speedway. You had two long straightaways and then like two short yeah. shoots. And mm -hmm. the short shoot after the finish line had a wall jump before the yeah. corner. And mm -hmm. the day before somebody had actually landed on Montana, Jess's hand and like sliced his finger off of the carbide. So I was kind of nervous about it, but mm -hmm. like there was like four laps in a row where Wade would be, I could, you know, literally he's on the inside of me, but he's not driving me off the track. Like we kept it, he kept it clean with me, like all four laps. And I ended up beating him by like less than a second. Like we were that close the whole race, but he never drove into the side of me and just cleaned me out. But no, it was, it was so much fun to race. And then I, I had saw the podium picture from the sport final and it had, I, I, I won. And then it was Cody Paoella and, um, and Jake Bishop. Oh and yeah. It really hit me hard because RIP Jake Bishop. Yeah. He, he passed away there a little while ago, uh, earlier this, earlier this winter. And, um, mm -hmm. just want to give my thoughts to the Bishop family. Um, because that, that did seeing, seeing that memory made me think a lot about him and that whole family. And yeah, it was, um, you know, it was a lot of it was raced against him and his brother a lot through the years. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a happy and sad, happy and sad thought at the same time. You know, I, I loved that weekend and it was probably the, one of the best weekends of my entire Stonecross career winning four finals like that. But, um, yeah, seeing, seeing him on the podium next to me definitely brought up some, some memories. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, I say I raced against guys. I raced on the same track as, uh, as, as Jake, cause he was way fast. He's crazy talented on a snowmobile crazy. Like him and his brother, Joe, they were just the kind of guys that like they would disappear from snow cross for a couple years and then come back and just be just as fast like they wouldn't miss a beat and then they would disappear again and then come back and like it's just but yeah like my the first year i ever got to race uh duluth which was 20 2016 uh joe took my sled out from new york so i raced out of joe's trailer that was his the first year he was back with ingles so i raced out of his trailer that weekend so without without joe bishop i would not have raced duluth so that's, uh that's yeah, cool. big big fans of those guys so um but uh yeah anything else bruce before we wrap i think that's about it i think that's about it i'm looking forward to watching some i guess i gotta i guess i gotta watch i saw this weekend and the icelandic series this weekend and completely butcher their names next week so looking forward to that guys <laughs> we, we talked about like we didn't even we didn't even touch so midwest snowcross was racing this weekend CSRA was racing this weekend. There's too much crap. There's we we too, need a bigger budget. Too much. We need, a, we, need a, we need Rick from Woody's to give us a bigger budget, or we need somebody else to step up and throw some money in the pot so that we can we can put more resources into all this snow cross racing. Uh, I don't know if I need money. I just need the time. Well, I need the damn money time. will allow you the time. You know, if you if you got some extra money, you can take a half day off of work and be able to. Put the time into it well see because 
you know, we touched on this earlier because you fell asleep and, and, and ruined the schedule. We were supposed to record yesterday. So I woke up at like the ass crack of dawn to watch all the live stream from Super League to make sure I was like up to speed on what was going on. And like, same for you. You had to be at the race all weekend and then you had to come back and watch all of Valcor. Like it's you're basically just trying to cover two com- two different weekends at the same time. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. You know, you know, and if you if you could find a sponsor, you know, then I could I could hire somebody to like drive the truck and trailer for me and work on the sleds so then I'd have more it'd be easier for me to watch the live stream and take my notes so that I wouldn't fall asleep a half an hour before we're supposed to go live and record this thing. But it is. It's well, a, it's it's a, it's a it's a tough life we're living. There's a there's a Polaris dealership in North Adams, Massachusetts. They really get behind racing. You should reach out to those guys. Maybe they'll sponsor you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my that's my suggestion for you. Is it now? Is it now? Yeah, he's he, the guy, the owner. He's really talented. He's also he's really talented with snowmobiles. He's a damn good announcer too. So he's really into it. If only, if I only, I could have gotten you know some of those jeans. Where I'd be right now, <laughs> where I would be. Yeah. Oh man. Cool. Good stuff, Bruce. Thanks as always. Appreciate yeah, it. Happy to be here. Happy to do this. Looking forward to another weekend of it. Sounds good. Thanks everybody. We'll see you after Salamanca.